Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, editor here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcast needs. In today's episode, I'm joined by Alex Castro, founder of REM Score. We're going to be talking about the digital transformation revolution and what exactly is holding companies back right now. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah, great, great to have you, great to have you. Um, so obviously, you know, today's topic, uh, digital transformation, I think it's something that a lot of enterprises are kind of focusing on right now. Um, my kind of first question for you is, what is the one thing that needs to change in order for digital transformation to work? Uh, really, what we're seeing in the industry um, is that uh, it, you need to be able to move away from doing projects and starting to buy results. Um, and what I mean from that is that many companies are looking at uh, their digital footprint and trying to uh, elaborate on that a little bit to find ways to connect with customers better, deliver better customer experience and, and you know collect better data uh, to drive their analytics and their decision-making processes to enhance products, to enter into new markets, um, to look to explore uh, better ways of doing things or delivering innovation to, to their customers. And what we see is that it's digital transformation is being offered to, the, to customers in a, a 1985-1990s model. Uh, go, here's the latest and greatest software, go buy that go buy some services to implement that uh, and then hope that it's going to work out for the best, even though 25 years of you know data and studies and feedback says that you've got a 20% chance that it's going to work. Uh, you have a 30% chance that you're going to get 60% of the value and you have a 50% chance that you're either going to cancel it outright or it's going to fail outright. And those metrics don't change. Every year, somebody does a new study trying to see if, if the needle's moving, and it's not. It, it's not getting better. And, and the, the reality is that for a company that wants to really transform uh, itself digitally in terms of how it's, it's offering itself to its client set, to its partners, to the industry it serves, you really need to start to look at things in a transformation formative way you you know it's you can't use an, a, a 19 you know 1980s 1990s model for technology to deliver you know 2020s you know digital strategy it just doesn't mm. it doesn't jibe and and unfortunately the the tech industry is the biggest culprit in this you know we are you know we just continue to sell people projects not results you know Buy software, buy services, hope it works out, but at the end of the day, it's all on you. And that's just not transformation. That's more of the same with a different product in the mix and or a different type of project in the mix. But it's not a it's not a different result. Mm. Do, do you feel as though there's anything specific um kind of like holding back companies from their uh, transformation potential? 
Uh, I think it's it's largely fear. Um, you know, uh, when we, you know, we developed a, a tool called RemScore that, in essence, measures alignment of execution capabilities against strategy, meaning that you've developed this entire roadmap, this path of what you want to do, the strategic initiatives you want to do. You may want to do an acquisition. You may want to do AI or machine learning or uh, back office optimization, modernization, or new markets, new products, cloud migrations, things like that. And what we find and have found, you know, is, you know we've been in business for 19 years and, and worked uh, globally, is we find that you know nine and a half out of ten times a customer is not optimally aligned to deliver the idea, and so they've asked us to come in and do something. Yet all of the the things that are necessary, the dependencies that are necessary, aren't there. And what I mean by that, it's the, it, they're not technical dependencies. It's the business unit doesn't know the rules or the workflows that it uses. It just need, knows how to use them. Managers are not good decision makers or leaders. Uh, the vision isn't clear. Uh, the, the ability of the organization to adapt to transformation is very shallow, yet the scope of the project is, is significant. And so as a result, there's direct culture conflict against that. The business unit itself doesn't have the capacity to take on the work. And so as a result, their subject matter experts are not going to be available to contribute to a, a technical effort. And oftentimes we find, you know, technology is not the problem. You know, you, you have thousands and thousands of deployments happening every year, uh, if not millions, and they work. But the challenge is that, you know, is the organization optimally aligned to do the transformation work itself? And that means that you're going to be putting emphasis on different things. And for us, what we tend to profess is that that focus needs to be on um, standing on the right side of the data lake, meaning that you've captured all this, all this data has been provided to you. You need to start using the data. Using the data is where the, the real rubber hits the road. It's where it's the marrow of your business. It's where you really see the insight and, and have the uh, advanced understanding of how your customers are behaving and the industry is behaving. Mm. But the challenge is, and Deloitte did a study on this, is that 80% of technical resources, both financial and people, are dedicated to a legacy footprint, what is typically called technical debt, and the servicing of that technical debt on a continuum, which only leaves 16% of budgetary and people resources available to explore the new technologies, the, the transformational technologies. And so what I would offer the listener is, you know, imagine that your disposable income, 80% of it is dedicated to a student loan for the next mm -hmm. five to 10 years. How many vacations are you going to take? How much, you know, next degree are you going to invest in? How much are you going to be able to buy a home, buy a car, um, invest in a retirement plan? And the reality is no. And that's what's happening to companies today is the fact that they simply have so much invested in their legacy technical debt footprint, all the stuff they've already bought and implemented and having to maintain. And as a result, they don't have enough to do the transformation work. And that is what's limiting their ability to really drive growth out of the opportunity from transfer, for transformation. Yeah, I think I think it's an important point to make as well because you know you've made it quite clear there that it's not necessarily a technical issue, um, which is quite surprising. I mean, why do you feel do do you feel as though that you know tech best practices aren't 
necessarily helping things move along and not, not helping like accelerate, accelerate the, the value creation? Well, you know, let's, let's baseline, right? Uh, tech best practices is a misnomer. Um, if, if you go to the top 10 consulting firms globally that help you, um, who are implementing tech or giving you tech strategy, really start to kind of ask yourself, where are they getting this best practice? And typically, they're getting that best practice out of a case study that came from a S&P 100 company. So you've got a company that, you know, the, the hundred, you know, the top 100 largest, most successful companies globally. That's like me saying to the average person, um, you've got a job interview today. You need to go to Gucci and get a pair of loafers for that interview. And oh, by the way, you know, you need to go get a Hugo Boss suit to go with it right? Mm. It's unrelatable. And the best practices that are leveraged within the S&P 100 work because they have the muscle, they have the, the financial girth and momentum to push an initiative through. And we see it time and time again. And so they can leverage their infrastructure, their people process technology, they can leverage their capital, they can leverage uh, a lot of, of, of momentum in their business to push an initiative that's teetering through to completion. Does it mean that they finished on time on budget? Absolutely not. But the hit to them is almost irrelevant. It's, it, it doesn't even impact stock value. For anybody below the S&P 100, that best practice is an anomaly. Like you just don't, you can't drive in and reach into a McKenzie Bain BCG top tier consultant who understands something. You cannot access, you can't just drive 50 more developers or, uh, you know, add 30 more people to a team or bring in subject matter expertise to push that through because your CFO is going to you know, start crying, your COO is going to start slamming her fist on the table and <laughs> the whole thing is going to begin to unravel. And, and so the best practice is a best practice for the S&P 100 and for those, those situations where you have the muscle to back the best practice. The rest of it for the rest of us is left to the fact that we have to shape and maneuver and bob and weave through the gauntlet of execution. And frankly, the data 25, 30 years of year after year after year of studies says we've got a 20, 25% chance of success, true success. The rest is left to chance. And that is why tech has such a black eye in the, in, in the view of leaders, business leaders, and why whenever you bring up doing tech within a business, people recoil a little bit and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, do we really want to go in through that investment? Yeah, I mean, you can argue as well that like most of the principles of digital transformation, you know, they, they are still very much, you know, similar to how they were a decade or so ago. Um, why is it that most digital transformation isn't really that modern? Well, because it's, it's in essence repeating the existing technical debt footprint. You're just replacing new technology for old technology, but you're still in the same debt position. That's like saying, you know, I replaced one student loan with another student loan, or I, ref I refinanced my student loan, right? So maybe I got a better interest rate and, you know, the payment terms are a little bit more uh, accommodating. But at the end of the day, you still have the same level of debt. 
And the, and the challenge is that if the focus continues to be in investing 80% of your technical budget to data collection, data aggregation, simple customer interfacing systems, you're never going to leave that uh, event horizon, you know, which is the rim of a black hole. Like you're never going to, you're never going to have enough escape velocity to really push resources into that transformational component. And so what I would offer to the listener is go to your vendor. And when they tell you they've got this amazing solution, look them dead in the eye and say, that's great. I want you to implement it. I want to pay for it on a consumption basis, meaning that what I use, what I pay for, or on an annual basis, but I'm not going to pay for software. I'm not going to pay for the services to configure and implement it. That's on you. Because if the solution is as amazing as you say it is, then you should be able to knock this thing out in a matter of months. And I want to benefit from the output of your solution. I don't want to be invested in the technology of the solution. And when that tipping point hits, when uh, from a transformational standpoint, you can be really begin to focus on the output, the result, uh, the outcome of the technology and use that, that's when tech and transformational tech starts to really generate forward momentum for you and value creation. And now you can take all those resources that you were spending supporting all of this very rudimentary technology and push them into all the advanced stuff that you've been wanting to do for several years, more, most likely, um, and really start to push your business forward. Very, very insightful. Thank you so much for joining us today, Alex. It was really, really great to get your kind of expertise on today's episode. Thank you. And uh, thank you to everyone listening as well. We hope you took a lot away from today's discussion, but for further information on what we talked about, please head on over to remschool.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series, but until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms, follow the conversation on our socials at em360tech on Twitter and LinkedIn, and for more great daily content, please head on over to em360tech.com.